This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely. Positively. FedEx. Airbnb. It's wedding season. Yes, it is. What's going on, baby? Alex and I just got invited to a beautiful venue for the wedding of a childhood buddy of mine. Lovely. Can't wait to hear about it. We got babysitters. We're all set to go. And the first thing that you did, Jack? Book a hotel for the wedding. Okay. Second thing that you did? List my place as available that weekend on Airbnb. Millions of people host on Airbnb, but millions more have never even thought about hosting. Here's the thing. We've said it's great to make money while you sleep. Actually, Warren Buffett said that. Well, when you're an Airbnb host, host, you make money while you sleep and while someone else sleeps. That's why anytime I'm traveling, I immediately jump into Airbnb and set my house as available. It's that easy. So Yetis, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Canva. Six years ago, Nick and I were designing the pitch deck for our media company. Yeah, we didn't want it to look like some amateur college PowerPoint. We wanted to impress investors. So we made our first pitch deck on Canva. Canva is the easy-to-use online design platform for presentations, social media posts, physical flyers, anything you can design. Canva turns you into a digital da Vinci, delighting your audience with design. They got these color palettes that you can use. It makes your work look beautiful. We used presentation templates that were available for free and then customized them for our company. And guess what? That summer, we sold that company, Market Snacks, thanks to the deck we built with Canva. Oh, and funny thing, we still use Canva today for all our design projects. So, Yetis, start designing today at canva.com. Canva designed for work. This is Nick. This is Jack. Welcome back. It is Wednesday, Ceviche Wednesday, January 3rd. And today's pod, it is the best one yet. It's a T-boy, Jack. The top three pop business news stories you need to know today. Jack, you left us off on a cliffhanger. Last time we spoke, you were about to indulge in a Montreal bagel on your vacation over the holidays. What ended up happening? You left us, man. Well, before Montreal, I had a bunch of mini trips. I had a tiny trip to visit my dad, tiny trip to visit my mom, tiny trip to visit Alex's parents. Each one is special. A whole bunch of little trips. They were all great. It's like the rushing nesting doll of vacations, Jack. And I had all three of my brothers and their families come to my house for the weekend. It's too many Kramers <laughs> in one household. A lot of tiny trips, man. Beyond capacity. How about you, man? We kind of went full Home Alone 2 on this Christmas, man. Home Alone lost in New York? Well, we got lost in New York. Basically, we were strolling <laughs> around New York, but we ended up Christmas Eve in robes eating pizza. And homemade Kraft macaroni and cheese just for me. The only thing we were missing was the scary pigeon lady. Kevin! Yeah, it is. It is good to be back. You are looking fantastic, Jack. What are our three stories for today's show? For our first story, the world's largest electric car company is no longer Tesla. Yetis, there is a new king of electric cars, and they call themselves the world champ. For our second story, the winner of college football's bowl season wasn't a team. It was a snack. Specifically... Pop-Tarts. Pop-Tarts created a recipe for virality. And our third and final story. Let me list this off for you. Boomers, Gen X, Millennials, Gen Z. Besties, there is a new generation you have got to learn about, and they're called Gen Alpha. But besties, before we hit that wonderful mix of stories. What a mix of stories to come back to. I love this mix, man. It's a new year. 
It's a new you. New Year's resolutions. I will go to the gym every day this year. I will lose 30 pounds by March. I will start a gratitude diary about going vegan while climbing Mount Everest. Oh, yes. We have all <laughs> been brainstorming New Year's resolutions, haven't we, Jack? But Nick and I whipped up the best resolution yet. The best resolutions yet. For example, we've all heard of dry January. No alcohol for the month of January. <laughs> but have you heard about pie January? Only pies for the month of January. No cakes, no cookies, no ice cream. You can't eat any of that. When it comes to desserts, it's only apple pies, pecan pies, or key lime pies. So your New Year's resolution could be pie January or it could be spend vesting. Yeah, I like this one. Each time you spend money splurging on yourself, you have to invest money too. It's called spend vesting. Like let's say you spend $200 on a pair of shoes. Then you have to put $200 into the stock market. Or you spend $20 on a video game. Then you have to put 20 bucks into the S&P 500. But the resolution Jack and I love most of all, what is it Jack? The resolution that we're planning to do this year? Yes Jack? Planuary. Plan January. Planuary. We're going to use the month of January to plan out the whole year. Dying like trips, events, goals, plan, plan, planned. We did it all. We bought physical calendars. We're putting this thing on paper. We got like a cat calendar of little felines <laughs> like hanging off over here. For example, March 3rd, 2024, Alex's birthday. I'm planning a trip to Hawaii. Nick's going to Hawaii. April 2024. What do you got, Jack? We're dropping a bonus pot. I can't wait. The week of Thanksgiving 11 months from now. We're having a live T-Boy show. We already planned it all from the month of January. And I've been a busy little bee this January. I already booked out a few trips for the year. Are you kidding? What are you doing for the summer trip? Do you know? In August, I booked a trip to France. There you <laughs> Apparently Montreal had a little influence on you. Yeah, I see your Montreal French. I raise you Parisian. Our resolution is planuary because as Yogi Berra once said, if you don't know where you're going, you'll end up someplace else. And the best part of planuary? It's both goal setting, which is nice, and a list of things for you to look forward to. Which is really nice. So Jack, what's the takeaway for all our buddies planning New Year's resolutions? Plan the entire year. In, in January. January. <laughs> Happy planuary, everybody. And a merry planuary for all. 15 years before this song, two boys from the Northeast met in the dorm. They had an idea to cause a cultural storm. It's the best one yet, but the best is the norm. Jack, Nick, that's it. I don't even think they need to practice. 50%, that's a fat tip. T-Boy City on your at list. If you know, you know, cause we ready to go. We can't wait no more, so just start the show. Start the show. For our first story, it is official. Tesla is no longer the number one electric car company in the world. The new world champion, Nick? It's a company called BYD. Yeti's funny thing about the car industry. Jack, what is the car industry like to do every three months? At the end of each quarter, like the day after the quarter ends, like yesterday, the car companies announced how many cars they sold in the previous quarter. They get pretty proud of it. It's like a whole thing, you know? And Tesla just told us their numbers. And what were their numbers, Jack? Tesla sold a whopping 495,000 cars in the last three months of last year. That brings Tesla's total up to 1.8 million electric cars sold in 2023. Can I sprinkle on some context? I would love for you to sprinkle on the first context of 2024, Jack. 1.8 million Tesla sold is 20 times more cars than they sold six years ago. 20 
50 times more cars. Jetties, take those numbers and stick them in the frunk. That is why Tesla has basically become the Kleenex of electric cars. With those numbers, it is clear Tesla is the king of the electric chassis. Nothing you can do about it. Tesla dominates all electric cars. But there's some new news from this week that we have to update what Nick just said. Uh, Yeah, you may have to ignore everything we just said. You know who sold more electric cars than Tesla last quarter? Who did, Jack? BYD. Who the heck is that? (laughs) (laughs) For the first time ever, someone sold more electric cars than Tesla did. No, Yetis, we know what you're thinking right now. Three letters are a car company you've never heard of and they're selling more than Tesla? It's China's Tesla but it sells cars for half the price that Tesla does. Get this, BYD is the most popular car brand in China. Not just electric cars, right, Jack? It's the most popular type of car in China, electric or gas. 90% of BYD sales are in China, so probably you've never actually seen a BYD car. But you might see one soon because their exports of their electric cars tripled in the second half of last year. Oh, and a big reason why BYD is winning the electric car battle? It's because Chinese people buy way more electric cars than Americans do. Sit down, stand up, and charge again. In the United States, one out of 12 new cars sold is an electric vehicle. About 8% of new cars in America are electric cars. But in China, one out of every three new cars sold is an electric vehicle. Electric cars have four times the market share in China than they do in the U.S. Can we talk about the best part about this BYD-Tesla rivalry news right now? BYD kind of awkwardly boasted about the news that they passed Tesla by calling themselves the world champion. They crowned themselves the <laughs> champion of a competition that doesn't have an actual champion. They called themselves the world champs by dunking on Elon. Oh, and then they went further, didn't they, man? They called themselves the official sponsor of Mother Nature. And Mother Nature <laughs> doesn't even own a car. We all know she uses a bicycle. <laughs> so, Jack, what's the takeaway for our buddies over at BYD? Frugal has passed sexy. Yetis, every Tesla driver you talk to will say the same thing. They say it's the coolest car ever driven. Full disclosure, I have a Tesla Model Y, and it's the coolest car I've ever driven, Jack. I know. You've told me. (laughs) (laughs) But Tesla has been so focused on quality that Elon even named the car models to spell out the word sexy. S-E-X-Y. On the other hand, BYD's approach to cars is less sexy and more fundamental. After all. BYD started as a battery company back in the day, making batteries for cell phones. It's like if Duracell started making electric cars, Jack. Yeah, it was a humble origin, and that gave BYD its key advantage it enjoys today. This car company controls their own lithium mines. That's right. China's BYD controls the rare metals that are critical to making batteries which are critical for electric cars. BYD is vertically integrated. And that is how they sell electric cars for as little as 11 grand a car. $11,000? That's like the price of a scooter. And that frugalness is why Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway invested in BYD back in 2008. Tesla is the sexiest car company in the world without question. But BYD is the frugalist. And frugal just passed sexy. For our second story, the winner of college football's bowl season isn't the Pac-10, it's Pop-Tarts. It's Pop-Tarts. We're jumping into Kellogg's new strategy of giving their salty snacks arms and legs. 
Jack, you know, I missed you over the vacation, but I got to ask, did you watch any of the college football games? Only one. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Monday night, Michigan finally won the big game. They beat Alabama. But, Jack, I don't mean to interrupt you, but did you hear about the college football bowl game between Kansas State and North Carolina State? Uh, Of course not. Well, Jack, the Wildcats beat the Wolfpack 28-19. to It was a thriller. You had to watch. It was really enjoyable. But the real winner was Pop-Tarts. It's not just because this college football bowl game was called the Pop-Tart Bowl. It's because Kellogg created a Pop-Tart mascot for that bowl game. That's right. Kellogg created an anthropomorphic toasted pastry that was strutting around the entire game. Before the game and during the game, This human-sized Pop-Tart was dancing around the sidelines. Jack, what was the best part about this human-sized Pop-Tart? It was an edible human-sized Pop-Tart. It was an edible Pop-Tart the size of a human being. When the game ended, we saw this Pop-Tart mascot's demise. Yeah, they dipped this mascot (laughs) Pop-Tart into a toaster the size of a school bus. Yeah, the man wearing the Pop-Tart costume waved goodbye as he got lowered into a huge toaster. And then out the other end, came a toasted human-sized Pop-Tart. Interesting that you said a male Pop-Tart, Jack. I didn't know we knew the gender of this Pop-Tart. Right, I didn't need to genderize it. My bad. If you know your thing, you know that 60% of Pop-Tarts are female Pop-Tarts. But Nick, you're missing the point. After the time, <laughs> then the players ate the Pop-Tart. <laughs> yeah, this, this is the first ever edible mascot that we've ever seen. The Kansas State Wildcats celebrated their victory by eating an edible mascot. But Yetis, here's what Jack and I found fascinating about this story. The real surprise wasn't just the human-sized edible mascot. It was the ROI on that mascot. Because Pop-Tart is owned by Kellanova. That's the lame corporate name of Kellogg's spinoff snack company. And their Pop-Tarts brand is on pace to hit a billion dollars in revenue for the first time ever this year. And guess how much Kellogg paid? to make Pop-Tart the sponsor of that particular ballgame. Well, Jack and I jumped in T-Boy style. Turns out Kellogg paid only $2 million to sponsor this ballgame. But their edible mascot and eating that mascot drove an estimated buzz worth six times that cost. That's right. This Pop-Tart resulted in $12 million in earned media and counting. $12 million in viewership and sharing of videos of this hilarious dancing Pop-Tart. So, Jack, can we add up the numbers here on the whiteboard over there, please? They invested $2 million to become the sponsor, but they got $12 million in marketing value. $12 million in value for a six-foot costume with arms and legs that got toasted on live TV and then eaten by a bunch of football players. Honestly, that sounds like it's worth more than $12 million in marketing value. And there's more in our takeaway. So Jack, what's the takeaway for our buddies over at Pop-Tarts? Kellogg's new snack strategy is arms and legs. Yetis, four days after the world watched a human-sized Pop-Tart get toasted and eaten alive, we got another one. Kellogg's other sponsored bowl game, the Cheez-It Bowl, unveiled to us Ched Z their Cheez-It mascot. The way Jack and I see it, Kellogg is applying a strategy from pro sports to pro snacks physical costumed mascots. First the Pop-Tart man and then the Cheez-It guy. Yeah, these mascots are a tool for marketers to help customers comedically connect with the product. But we should address the tiger in the room. Yes, we should. Kellogg's has experience with mascots. After all, they invented Tony the Tiger. But here's the key. Tony the Tiger was just on the box and Tony wasn't the actual product. He was a tiger. Yeah, what we're talking about now is arms and legs being put on their snacks. 
and unleashed into the wild. Besties, this wasn't a one-off stunt. This is Kellogg's new strategy. Kellogg's is pioneering a pivot that could become a trend. The physical food mascot. Putting arms and legs on the foods that they're selling. This episode is sponsored by Audible, the home of storytelling. Protect her. That's from the opening chapter of The Last Thing He Told Me. Or is it protect her? It's protect her. Yeah, it's like that. It's a thrilling mystery my wife and I listened to on Audible. It actually got adapted into a TV show, but it was way more riveting as an audiobook, wasn't it, man? It's about a tech executive who disappears when his company gets indicted on accounting fraud. But he disappeared... To protect her. And honestly, we shouldn't say anymore. Let's stop we'll that. Listen to the whole audiobook on Audible while driving in the car on road trips. And you should too. As an Audible member, you can choose one title a month to keep from their entire catalog. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash T-Boy or text T-Boy to 500-500. That's audible.com slash T-Boy or text T-Boy to 500-500. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Yeah, is how good is the feeling of finally getting something off your chest? You've been wanting to say it. You've been waiting to say it. But you bottled it up. In Waspy, Vermont, where I grew up, we didn't talk much about our problems. We were encouraged to keep them to yourself. Yeah, is bottling up your feelings is just horrible for you because eventually it blows up with an outburst and then while it's stewing, it makes your whole stomach feel terrible. We encourage you to get it off your chest. And the perfect place to do that is therapy. You will not believe how good it feels to say something that has been left unsaid and you can practice with a therapist and then end up telling your loved ones the best way possible later on. You don't have to tell them, but you could. It's 100% up to you. Oh, and by the way, what you tell your therapist remains completely confidential. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash T-Boy today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash T-Boy. For our third and final story, it's not just the birth of a new year. Yet is this is the birth of a new generation. The new demographic that businesses are targeting is Gen Alpha. But yeah, can I just share something with you before we start this story? Do you miss it? Miss what? Do you miss it when every company in the world was marketing to us millennials? Wasn't that amazing? Oh, we were so desirable. It was like, oh, I will have that direct to consumer. You and I were writing stories about companies going after us. It was awesome. Painted light, pink, and uh, <laughs> say it's organic. They'll buy it. For a few years, all they had to do was put bacon in the ingredients, and we'd buy it. And then for a few more moments, they could put kale in the ingredients, and we'd also buy that. Oh, and throughout, if you added avocado, we'd buy it. If Gwyneth Paltrow <laughs> discovered it, it was in our shopping cart. But yet, <laughs> for the last five years, that attention from marketers has pivoted to Gen Z. Yeah. All anyone's asking these days is how do we sell a teenager a handbag in the metaverse? But here's the big question. Jack, what comes after Gen Z? It's time we start talking about it, Nick. It's Gen Alpha. Gen Alpha. Those born after the year 2010. The children of millennials. And 14 years into Gen Alpha's existence, it's time... We start paying attention to Gen Alpha. Especially because Gen Alpha will be the largest generation the world has ever seen. We jumped into the numbers T-Boy style. They're expected to be 2 billion members of Gen Alpha on Earth compared to 1.8 billion millennials. Nick, one day, Millennial Millie is going to move to a retirement community on Mars. <laughs> wow. Built 
by her spaceship flying Gen Alpha daughter. Jack, I cannot wait until Gen Z starts complaining about Gen Alpha. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a good. You know, like all these Gen Alpha, they just want to play laser ball on their hoverboards. <laughs> <laughs> now, there is another nickname. Demographers are calling Gen Alpha. Yeah, I just said demographer, by the way. <laughs> that other name is the iPad generation. They're calling Gen Alpha the iPad generation for two reasons. First, it's because Gen Alpha was born after the iPad was invented. In the year 2010. And second, because Gen Alpha little kids use iPads more than you do. According to surveys, four out of five children of millennials are on social media already. And their screen of choice is the tablet. Right. The iPad, it's really a $500 babysitter. You'll only pay once and then you just have to plug in. Bluey, uh, he's a digital nanny. And Gen Alpha adds a new layer to discussions of tech nativeness. Right. Because millennials, we grew up with networks. Facebook connected us with our friends online. Gen Z grew up with algorithms. TikTok connected Gen Z to whatever they wanted to see, not who they knew. But there's something else that's in store for Gen Alpha. And you don't have to be a demographer to know about it. <laughs> so Jack, what's the takeaway for all our buddies who are trying to reach Gen Alpha? The A in Gen Alpha should stand for AI. Yetis, the way Jack and I see it, Gen Z was digitally native. They grew up with the internet and they're the most comfortable with it. But Gen Alpha is AI native. They're growing up with artificial intelligence friends and are becoming super comfortable with it. Your five-year-old knows how to ask Alexa what day it is. Your four-year-old can ask Siri to put Paw Patrol on YouTube. And as they grow up, there could be an AI nurturer, a teacher, a mentor right there with Gen Alpha. Gen Alpha is the generation that may blur the line between human and artificial. Yeah, because like when you interact with bots at such a young age, it could be hard to distinguish the bots from the non-bots. Yetis, the whole economy should get to know Gen Alpha starting now. And the A should stand for AI. Jack, as the lead demographer on this show, can you whip up the takeaways for us for Saviche Wednesday? Tesla sold a ton of electric cars last quarter. But China's BYD sold even more. BYD's frugal has passed Tesla's sexy. For our second story, it's the Pop-Tart Bowl and the Cheez-It Bowl. Both featured human-sized snack mascots. Kellogg's new strategy, give their snacks arms and legs. And our third and final story was Gen Alpha. It's anyone born after 2010. The oldest of the iPad generation turns 14 this year. The A in Gen Alpha should stand for AI. But Yetis... This pod's not over yet. Here's what else you need to know today. First, two planes collided yesterday on a runway in Japan. More than 300 people safely escaped, but five were sadly killed. Hopefully, this is a wake-up call to the United States about the importance of funding air safety control. And second, 2023's box office numbers are in, get this, revenue passed $9 billion. That's up 22% from 2022. But that's still 20% shy of the pre-pandemic 2019. And finally, Disney's Steamboat Mickey Mouse is no longer copyright protected. That's right, Mickey Mouse is now in the public domain. That means anyone can commercially use the 95-year-old OG Mickey Mouse image for anything they want. Adam, do we have a Mickey Mouse sound effect we can just toss in here? Woohoo! Hey, Winnie! Come at us, Bob. Come at us. Good luck, Tinkerbell. We got lawyers. Actually, we don't even need lawyers. Oh, we don't need lawyers. This is great. <laughs> now, time for the best fact yet. This one sent in by Dylan Steinfeld from lovely Atlanta, Georgia. 
Push and play. On New Year's Eve, the Jacksonville Jaguars defeated the Carolina Panthers 26-0, but I'm more interested in the difference between a Jaguar and a Panther. The Panther is not a single species, but rather a genus that includes tigers, lions, leopards, and jaguars. When we say Panther, we're usually referring to black jaguars or black leopards, which are just leopards or jaguars that have a gene that causes black coloration. The Florida Panther is really a cougar, which is the same thing as a mountain lion, puma, or catamount, but technically not a panther. Sounds like we got a demographer listening to the show. I think what we're exposing here is Jack and I are dog people, not cat people necessarily. (laughs) Dylan, that was tremendously insightful. So helpful. Remember, if you don't want to offend the cat, I guess you should just call it a feline. Or not a dog. (laughs) (laughs) Yetis, you look fantastic. Welcome back. Jack, we got to get on some planuary planning, don't we, man? We got to wrap it up. Yeah, I'm done with the trip planning. What's next? Yetis, let us know if you've got anything planned. By the way, Jack, do you know what you're doing on June 13th? Not yet. Tell me. According to my calendar, you're going to be in the hot tub meditating for two hours. (laughs) January's for planning. Nick and I plan to see you tomorrow. Can't wait. And before we go, a shout out and congratulations to Jackson Yu and Mariah He, who after five years of dating, just got engaged on a lovely trip to San Diego. Congratulations. We expect to save the day. And a happy birthday to Yeti Nimit Rungta, who's celebrating in Queens, New York. Happy birthday to Jackie Marino from the Upper West Side. And happy birthday to JB Blankfein from the Upper East Side. And happy birthday to a bunch of wild animals in between in Central Park. <laughs> And Jasmine Jensen and her corgi puppy are enjoying a birthday in Oceanside, California. Happy birthday to Howard Milhauser in Miami, Florida. Whose daughter is the Millennial Millie. And condolences to Justin Furtwell and Ellie Scripps, who on a flight got stuck on the dreaded seat 17A. And Jack, what 17A? The windowless window seat. It's just you, a wall, and two people to your side. If you know, you know. Sadly, I do know. This is Jack. I own stock of Disney and Berkshire Hathaway. Nick and I both own ETFs of the S&P 500. And Nick, as he's told us many times, drives a Tesla. Jack, have I told you it's the coolest car I've ever driven? (laughs) (laughs) If you like the best one yet, you can listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. And before you go, Tell us a little bit about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com slash survey. We want to get to know you. Behind every successful business is a story, and some of them might surprise you, like how Chobani's first yogurt factory was discovered on a piece of junk mail, or how the founder of the multi-million dollar cosmetics brand Drunk Elephant was told by everyone, including her own mother, that the name sounded like a dive bar. I'm Guy Raz, and on my show, How I Built This, I talk to founders behind the world's biggest companies to learn the real stories of how they built them. In each episode, you'll hear entrepreneurs share moments of doubt and failure and talk about how they were able to overcome them on their way to the top. How I Built This is like a masterclass in innovation and creativity from the people who've done it all. Follow How I Built This wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to How I Built This early and ad-free right now on Wondery+. Plus. For more deep dive and daily business content, listen to Wondery, the destination for business podcasts. With shows like How I Built This, Business Wars, and many more, Wondery means business.